your, your favorite, favorite hits on your favorite network. This is Holy Culture Radio. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's what in the ham sandwich. We saw the band. <laughs> Let y'all know. Don't take it personal. It's just business. <laughs> this is what I want to say to them. They gave me a new era type fit. There you go. Not that old flex fit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? One size fit all fit. <laughs> and the shorty go up to the altar. Doing the hunk of buck. <laughs> But it looked more like a pole and lap dance. There you go. She might be a church sniper. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Don't jaw me to death. Don't jaw me. And we praying for you, B. We praying for you, man. But you're dead wrong, man. You're dead look, wrong. We don't shoot no hot ones on the show. Nah. We got to call a spade a spade, man. Yeah. What in the ham sandwich? What in the ham sandwich, yo? What in the ham sandwich? You know what it is. The kid Sean Slaughter. And I am True Asia. And Cook will be here in a minute. But welcome to the What in the Ham Sandwich Show, where we cut through the fat and give you the facts. No jaw work, no dolphin talking, no bloop bloop, no hot water. No smurfing. No smurfing, no bumping gums. We keep it trailville. Everything that you were scared to say. Exactly. And uh, we appreciate you tuning in. I'm tired as fire. Finished working out. Body hurts. Yo, y'all want to lose some weight? You better mess with Billy Blank. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you start getting a little older, man. Your bones don't bounce back like they used to. You know what I mean? But it's all good. Um, Let's go ahead and start. um, Where is it at? Let's go ahead and start today's show with. 10 things we found on the internet. You know what I'm saying? We're going to start it with that, uh, that 10 things. Ten things. And today, we have the top ten, um, the top ten controversial pieces of music. Mm. Very interesting. Hold right? on to your seats, people. All right. Top ten controversial um, pieces of music. Number ten. That joint is mad. <laughs> I forgot. Number 10 is Parsifal. Okay. Um, the entire work premiered on July 26, 1882. Richard Wagner, who actually have his classical CD up there, um, revolutionized classical music. And um, he was outspoken and he was an anti-Semite. And he's been one of the most controversial figures in classical music. And he once wrote that he regarded Jews, the Jewish race, as the born enemy of pure humanity and everything noble about it. Oh. Yeah, problems. Um, and his opera has been interpreted by many by promoting racism and anti-Semitism. Uh, anti, uh, One of the biggest points of contention surrounding Parsifal is the fact that the uh, uh, titular character, an essentially Aryan hero, overcomes the wiles Wiles and challenges put forth by Clinsor, a magician who was interpreted as a Jewish stereotype. Mm. That's pretty crazy. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So basically, he put stereotypes into his into his uh, 
onto his music. That's pretty wild. Number nine. I should wear my glasses. The number nine most controversial piece of music is Le Secret de Printeps, which is the Rite of Spring, pre-mid, May 29, 1913. And um, it says entire books have been written on how the music and choreography of Le Secret revolutionized classical music and dance, but that doesn't mean that it, w it was well received upon its release. The music and dancing were too violent, too raw, and too startling for the refined taste of the musical elite, all right? And it was back in 1913, so they wasn't used to all that craziness. Right. Uh, when it premiered, the world just wasn't ready for it. Um, within minin minutes of the start performance, members of the audience began to boo. Mm. And there were some amongst the audience who supported Stravinsky in his new ballet, the two camps literally began to brawl in the theater Embarrassing. while the ballet continued. The police had, had to be called to control the fighting. By the time the second half began, the police were unable to control the rioting. They was getting hit. You know what I'm the noise from the audience was so loud that the dancers were unable to hear their cues. What in the ham sandwich? Wow. It said uh, 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 Nijinsky literally had to stand at the edge of the stage and yell cues to the dancers. You know what I'm saying? The, the response to the performance was so violent that Stravinsky fled from the theater before it finished. Oh, Dang. Nice. All right. This is pretty interesting. All right. Number eight. Number eight is called Strange Fruit by Billie Holiday. I mean, a lot of things. All right. Released in 1939, Strange Fruit was a groundbreaking for its vivid use of imagery and its recognition and condemnation of racism. However, many fear retaliation from listeners in the South. So I guess you think about it, in 1939, you're releasing a song against racism. Right. In 1939. Right. So big us to Billie Holiday doing, doing it big back then. Right. Go, girl. But the biggest opposition to the song would not come from racists, but anti-communists. Mm. Abel Meripol was a member of the American Communist Party. It was the adoptive father of the sons of Julian and Ethel Rosenberg, the couple ex uh, executed for treason in 1953 for allegedly giving the Soviet Union the secrets to the atom bomb. Mm. And um, in 41, Maripol was grilled by the anti-communist rap coup d'etat committee about whether or not strange fruit, strange fruit had been commissioned by communists. All right. And so basically, um, after the communist uh, examination, strange fruit was virtually banned from radio. You know what I'm saying? Because I guess it, they thought it supported a communist ideal or whatever. So that's pretty interesting. Number seven. <laughs> I just hit it early. I, I didn't care. Take it too long. Um, four foot, 33 inches. All right. By John Cage. This premiered August 29th, 1952. And uh, four foot thirty-three has long been a subject of one of music's fierce debates. Is the composition actually music? Many argue that a lack of music is not itself music. And I never heard this, so I don't know what it sounds like. Right. However, others combat the argument by saying that it pushes the boundaries of what music can be, since it is performed in a structured format. Each of the three movements is a sp is of a specific length, and its performance is predetermined by both the musicians and audience. It can be argued that it is indeed a musical composition. Still, the piece is highly controversial. And um, basically, the score instructs the performer to not play their, their designated instrument during the length of the performance. The entire piece comes in. Hold up. The entire piece comes in at 4 minutes and 33 seconds. So, 
Cage claims that the point of the piece is that the audience is supposed to listen to the sounds of the environment during the performance. Effectively, the audience and their surroundings become the instrument. So I guess there's silence for four minutes and 33 seconds, and then it starts. Oh my God. So is that four minutes and 33 seconds actually music? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's been controversial. I can see why, because if, if I spend money, if I bought that as a single from iTunes, I want my money back. Yeah, I want my money back. You know what I'm saying? I'm about four and a half minutes of silence. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an okie doke to me. Louie Louie by The Kingsman, May 1963, uh, and released by Richard Berry. Uh, written, written, originally written and released by Richard Berry, aka Chuck Berry. Louie Louie. Oh, shit. And um, ironically, the unintelligible lyrics that helped popularize the Kingsman's version of the song also made it the subject of great controversy. Rumors began to surface that the song's lyrics were really about graphic sex and profanity and were slurred so that nobody could understand the true meaning. Mm, that's like music today. All day. These rumors led to many radio stations banning the song. In India, the song was personally prohibited by none other than the governor, Matthew Welsh. <gasps> Excuse me. Um, there was actually, uh, uh, the controversy surrounded Louis Louis Reese's Zenith when the FBI conducted a 31-month investigation to decode his lyrics. And it took him two and a half years. And at the end, they couldn't even decode the lyrics. That's kind of crazy. You know what I'm saying? Louis Louis. And we are, what are we up to? Number five? Number five. Number five is God Save the Queen, The Sex Pistols, released May 27, 1977. Uh, it released the same year um, at the Silver Jubilee of Elizabeth II. God Save the Queen shocked society to its core. It became a punk anthem for British youth. The song was banned by BBC and the Independent Broadcasting Authority, which regulated independent local radio. Um, the later association essentially made it impossible for the song to gain attention, additional media exposure. As previously mentioned, the song reached number two on the UK singles charts. There have been wide accusations that the charts have been fixed in order to prevent the song from reaching number one. Um, in addition, members of the Sex Pistols were assaulted by supporters of the British monarchy. A month after its release. So I guess you ain't supposed to sing about... Uh, basically, they took the national anthem of, of the UK, God Save the Queen, and I guess made, made, made almost like, I guess made a song out of it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, exactly. You're not supposed to do that. To the, the monarchy was like God, so whatever. Number four, Darling Nikki. Released June 25, 1984, the controversy which depicts graphic sexual imagery with its lyrics, I met her in the hotel lobby, masturbating with a ma magazine, resulted in uproar. The controversy raised by Darling Nikki was a major factor in the foundation of the Parent Music Resource Center by Tipper Gore. Wow. The PMRC, led by Gore, argued that such music was leading to the moral decay and destruction of the nuclear family in America. Wow. Pretty stunning. So they actually uh, created a law based on that song. Crazy. <laughs> right on kill. Dear God, that's number three. Released as a single June 1st, 1987. Um, naturally, with such lyrics, Dear God caused widespread. Um, well, well, first of all, each verse, the, the, lyrically, the lyrics are, are directly addressed to God and accused him for causing human suffering. Each verse ends with, I can't believe in you. Dorn. And um, 
With those lyrics, there was outrage and anger from the conservative sectors of society. Many record stores refused to carry the single, and many radio stations in the U.S. wouldn't play it. One Florida station that played the song in 87 received, received the threat that it would be firebombed, I guess, by a Christian. Uh, but one of the biggest sources of controversy by Dear God came from an incident in Birmingham, uh, 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 Binghamton, New York. 18-year-old Gally Pullis held the school secretary at knife point, and the principal office demanded the song be played over the intercom. Oh, my goodness. Y'all just goes too far. It takes it too far. Good Lord. Number two. You guys probably know these songs. F the police, NWA. You already know what it is. Uh, August 8th, 1988, F the police uh, became one of the most famous gangster rap songs in history after its release. Due to inflammatory and extremely graphic lyrics, which was uh, which some advocates violence for the police, it was subject to an incredible amount of controversy. NWA was banned from performing at many venues. And it also drew many of the law enforcement agencies, both the FBI and the Secret Service, sent letters to NWA's record label, Ruthless Records, expressing their displeasure with the song. Mm. Crazy. And the last one? And the last most controversial song released was Eminem. Mm. A song called Kim, released on the Marshall Mathers LP, May 23, 2000. I'll never forget when that, that, that uh, album came out. I've never heard out. that. Huh? I've never heard that song. You gotta hear the album, yo. Oh. You, was, you wasn't a real fan. Well, you're about to hear it right now. Um, basically, Kim is told from the point of view of Eminem as he tortures and murders Kim after killing her husband and young child. Oh. The song famously ends with the sound of Eminem cutting her, her throat, yelling, bleed, be, bleed, and dragging her body to the trunk of the car. The song was one of the most reviled, hated, and celebrated rap songs in history. It was condemned by politicians and parents for its graphic language and description of domestic abuse. It released a little over a year after the Columbine High School Massacre. Nice. And the song was censored upon release due to his reference to Eminem killing a four-year-old boy. What's wrong with him? He got mental problems. The song also landed Eminem in court after the real-life Kim attempted suicide after watching the song performed in Detroit on July 7th, the year 2000. Wow. Who's Kim? A, a fictional character. But then somebody, I guess, named Kim probably was depressed. Oh, my so, Internet. That concludes that. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and a little bit of that. Dun, da, da, da. Ham news. Where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know the the Penn State thing is going on right now, and um, I was reading I was reading um something about the um the guy McQuarrie who actually saw the the Sandusky raping the little boy. Uh huh. And um, they have released an email today. And he wrote in the email, I did stop it, not physically, but made sure it was stopped when I left the locker room. Right, that's kind of so, like it, yeah. He basically was saying that, you know, he, he said that he, uh, that he did a, look, an interview as well. Did you see the interview? He did? McQuery? Yeah. Or like, Sandusky? McQuery. No. It's like five minutes. Um, and basically, he was just saying that, you know, I, I did stop it. I tried to, you know, I stopped it. I made sure that it was done before I left the locker room. And he did, he said he did speak to proper authorities, whatever that means. And he said, you know, he's just real frustrated right now, very emotional because mm. of, all, you know, everything that's going on. And he felt like it wasn't his fault that, you know, this whole thing went down because he did his part. It, it, it wasn't his fault, but he should have went to the cops. Right. He, he, went, he went to his higher-ups. And as a matter of fact, in Pennsylvania, there's a law that says if you see something like this happening, 
you report it to your higher up. Right. He did that. Mm-hmm. Now they're trying to pass a law that was banned five years ago. Well, not banned. That was pushed out, pushed out of out of a law. Uh, that was, I guess, not inserted into law five years ago. Now they're trying to pass a law that says if you see something like this, bypass your authority and go straight to the police. That should have been common sense, though. Why? Duh. People. Duh. But, but, and, but, but and, you have to have a law uh, for that. Uh, exactly. Doi. And saying Dusty's talking about he, 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 you know, he didn't rape anybody. He, he horseplayed with them Don't. in the shower. He hugged the kids. He put his hands on their lap. But he never did anything inappropriate. Why are you taking a shower with 10-year-old boys? And, and, and then they asked him a question. Are you sexually attracted, attracted to the kids? Yeah. And he said, am I sexually attracted to the kids? Uh, sexually attracted? Exactly. exactly um, uh, nah, I, I enjoy being with kids and spending time with kids. But, and, yeah, but no, not sexually attracted. And I, when I first saw that, I was like, he's lying. Yeah. And, and somebody said, you got to understand something about a pedophile like him. They actually think that they love kids. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? They're, they yeah. actually think that they're caring for the kids and not hurting the kids. Mm-hmm. And so John Stewart said he basically almost told on himself. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because his twisted mind really feels that he really cares for the kids so much that he's really showing them love. His twisted mind thinks that what he's doing is not wrong. Right. And so, you know what I'm saying? Every other question before that was no. Mm-hmm. No. Sure. Very sure about no. Ask that question. Uh, uh, unbelievable. I can't believe they gave the interview anyway. Yeah. Okay, so I, I know you heard of eugenics before. Uh, yeah. um, so there's eugenic reparations talk in North Carolina. Um, between 1907 and um, 1979, 33 states had programs of forced sterilization. Whoa. I did not know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, wasn't a lot of black men in that? And, and, um... Forced sterilization. What well, was for poor people? People with mental illnesses, um, mm. retarded people. I heard um, that. And basically, they sterilized these people because they was trying to create a perfect world. Whoa. And they and they were saying that um, you know people who were poor that they they thought that being poor was in the genes. Anything that was in the genes, they sterilized these people so they wouldn't have any more kids to create more people like their population. Mm. So poor people, people with mental illnesses, and people with mental retardation, they sterilized these people. And who's behind this? The government. Mm. 33 states. 33 Mm. states. And, um... Lord. So now, you know, um, North Carolina is apologizing to the people that they sterilized. Wow. Um, And a lot of people didn't even know they were being sterilized. So how are they doing it? They were doing it in some type of shots. And, you know, wow. people would think they were getting regular shots. But, you know, they didn't know that they were be actually being sterilized. And, you know, and so North Carolina is, you know, trying to come up with a law that the people who were sterilized should receive yeah, reparations. Of course. Um, for that. But no other state is, you know, they, the other states are saying, well, we didn't know, you know, we didn't know that, you know, this was going to have this type of effect. We thought that these issues were in the gene. Y'all knew. Yeah, they knew. They know. And one major thing that they said was that the poor low economic people, you know, they were, they, they, they most, a lot of people were sterilized, you know, African-American, of course they were poor. And so they sterilized them because they believed that being poor was in the genes. Mm. And studies showed that the majority of people that they did sterilize um, went on to get um, college degrees. Dope. So. That's what's up. That's what it is. Um. So Justin Bieber's baby mama drops paternity charges. Yeah, she's now. because she lied. Yeah, and her ex-boyfriend actually said she tried to pin the baby on him, 
And um, and when he told her that it wasn't a baby, she threw a brick at his car, broke his car window. He said she's crazy. She's out of her she's mind. She's a psychopath. Yeah, she's psycho. So she dropped the charges. Um, she stood to to um get like ten ten thousand dollars a month for that baby if it was Justin Bieber. But Justin Bieber said he don't even know the girl, never met her, and he actually claims to be a virgin. Right, so, well, and, he's, and he claims to be a Christian as well. Right, you know what I'm saying? so and he asked for a paternity test. Right, as and soon he as I heard actually, that, I he was actually like, was going to do the paternity test. He had no problem with doing the paternity test. And I guess when she realized that he wasn't going, he, you know, he, I guess she thought he was going to pay off or something. She crazy. She was basically stupid. Yeah, out of her mind. You stupid. So he said, I want a paternity test. I'll stupid. pay for it. And then she realized, oh, this is going too far. Stupid. You're stupid. Okay. Embarrassing moments. Give me one more. Embarrassing moments. Uh, well, first let me say this. Heavy D, uh, you know, Heavy D died. Right. And then it came to um, the forefront that, you know, he had no money when he died. He left his child. He had a daughter. He left her no money. Are you serious? So now they're taking up. Um, well, well, wasn't he living in Beverly Hills or something like that? He must have been living with somebody, but he didn't have any money. <laughs> so he, it wasn't his own crib. No, he didn't have any money. Um, how you shack up in, in Beverly Hills? Hey, how, how you be in a room in Beverly Hills? Well, MC Light was his best friend, so I don't know how much You broke had. balling. But, you know, they're taking up uh, money for, uh, um, for his daughter um, to live because he didn't leave her any money. He was only 44. But the embarrassing moment, um, it's a rumor stating that Shaquille O'Neal married Hoops from Flavor of Love. What? With no prenup. They just eloped. They just went and eloped. Uh, I pray. Now, this is a girl I who slept with Flavor Flav. And who else? Exactly. I, I pray he didn't do something that stupid. And um, I saw the pictures of them and... Um, they're actually walking to New York with um, holding hands, and he has a wedding ring on, and she has a wedding ring on. There's actually pictures? Pictures, yes. So, um... Wow. Hoops, she done came up. For usual, for Flavor Flavor Shaquille O'Neal, you done came up with no prenup. Wow. Balling. And Shaq, you done came down. Exactly. Embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> let's, take a, let's take a quick break, and, uh, you know what I'm saying, we're going to come back and chop it up. We're going to talk a little bit more about, about the government. No, not with the government. You're going to talk about the corporation and the dumb things they be doing. Sean and True, we'll be back. <laughs> no, what up, Sean? Cook True. This is Tommy Jones. be deceived my beloved brothers every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights don't get it twisted man yeah it's Wayne Gretzky on his neck yeah it's Wayne Gretzky on his neck yeah it's Wayne Gretzky on his neck piece he got him feeling real hefty on his best week but let's see Say he make it rain, but yet the sky still blue with ass gas flame. I mean, let's make it plain. Somebody keep him breathing, blood, blood flowing, and keep his heart beating. Y'all keep him eating, and it ain't no secret. Get it, get it twisted. Y'all give him what he my, my life ain't never been mine. Yeah, I work hard and yeah, I grind, but not to get rich, man, not to shine. Not to get rich. 
rich man, not the shit. And I don't, and I don't boast much. I don't brag, 'cause everything I got, man, I got it from dad. And matter of fact, thing I, thing I had, the God ain't put here in my hand. So I say, remember that your legs puzzle, puzzle. But next time you run it, but you think who's think who's running, running. Every, everything is under planets, planets, countries, cities. Don't, don't twist it, twist it, did it, did it, got it, got it. City, city, fly, but that's a lie, man. They got it. Looking for somebody to blast on. 
Sandwich show, Sean and Treasure. We are back and better than ever. And we appreciate y'all being with us. Um, I um been watching this Occupy uh, Wall Street thing happening. You know what I'm saying? And um. Uh, the, the first thing I want to do, you know what I'm saying, is I want to give um, I want to give a big hand clap and round of applause. Round of applause. Round of applause. You know what I'm saying? To Americans. Because Americans. They're doing it big. I did not think. I thought that we were so lazy and we were so um, unemotional. Maybe not un- unemotional. We were so uncaring about the cause that we were going to let government and society just push us around right. you know what i'm saying and there are other um countries that are not um uh you know that are not as structured as we are and not as civilized i don't think things the word but maybe structured they don't have the the, the the infrastructure america has and so for a lot of their stuff when it comes to presidents and stuff like that they takes to the streets they overthrow stuff. They put they put stuff to fire. You know what I'm saying? They gonna let you know that they're not happy. Right. You know what right. I mean? Right. Just just like the Bush Gore thing, when President Bush um, had lost the the, the, the count, and it was it was all about the Chad and and the votes that those votes didn't count and Gore lost and so on and so forth. People spoke out, but there wasn't a major uproar. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, and so just to see Americans going intense all over the country saying that we're not going to stand for corporate greed. Um, I find it pretty amazing. I think it's wonderful. I love it when democracy works, when people take democracy in their own hands. 
you have to realize that the government is here for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, we run the government. It's for the people, by the people. The government is not a separate entity of, of, of elitists, which has become, who make up all the laws and do whatever they want to do, which they do. But we actually can stand up, have a voice, and government can be shut down. And, and, and excuse me, go government has to change. Not, not just government, but what we're talking about today, corporations. Right. Because corporations have become more powerful and are more powerful than the government. Right. Um, I want to give you guys a couple of stats. You know, I like giving stats. Okay? A couple of stats. 60% of Americans make less than 40000 per year. All right? 66% of Americans. So six, about six, six and a half out of every 10 people uh, make a 40000 or less. Mm, All right? That's crazy. 0.05% of people make a million dollars or more. Let me say it again. 0.05% of people. That's not um, half a percent. That's a hundredth of a percent. That's incredible. Okay? Um, another stat. ExxonMobil made a profit. A profit is something that you make after expenses, after you pay your contractors and your people and your bills and salaries. They made... <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm, just, I'm, Listen. Get, I'm getting mad sitting right here. I'm just really getting mad you know right what I'm now. Saying? Listen, to the, no sense. listen to the profit. Now, there's nothing wrong people making money, but they made a profit of $19 billion in 2009. And if you forgot, we're still in a recession. In 2008, 2009 was the heart of the recession. Right. How do you make making $19 billion in a recession? Exactly. People are losing money. They're making a People profit. Losing jobs. Losing jobs. And what the? They made a profit. This, this is going to make it even matter. That same year, ExxonMobil paid no income tax, but received a tax refund of $156 million. <laughs> Where, where's the closest site to us to Occupy Wall Street? I need to go. I need to go. And I need to, I need to sign. This is ridiculous. Where's the closest Exxon? So I, can, I can put some TNT on that, on, <laughs> on that gasoline this tank. ridiculous. What? So they made $19 billion in the heart of the recession, a profit of $19 billion in 2009 in the heart of the recession. That same year, not only did they not pay income tax, you know what I'm saying, because they know how to work the numbers and do the accounting, but they received the tax refund. Like, we receive a refund. They received the refund. Except their refund was 150. Imagine your refund being 156 million. You know, that that's some company's annual income. And then the poor are just getting sucked dry. No, excuse me. Middle class is getting sucked sucked dry. dry. You know what I'm saying? The poor are just getting poor though. Exactly. What the? The top 10 percent of Americans, those that make the, those that are in the top 10 percent, they own 81.2 percent of the stock market. You know what I'm saying? They and I think a lot of a lot of that has to do with they understand investing, they understand stocks, they're privy to information because stocks is all about information. If I'm investing in Nike and if I know before the public knows that Nike's going to release a brand new Jordan, I'm going to put in mad stock, you know what I'm saying, because the, the company's stock price is going to go up because Nike's going to be popular. But it, it, so, but, so information is, is key, and a lot of these guys have inside information, which is called insider trading, which is illegal, and they get inside information and they trade on that. Conversely, if I knew that uh, the Nike, let's say Phil Knight, if I knew that he was going to get brought up on uh, eight sexual assault charges, I would pull my stock out before the public knew. You know what I'm saying? Because the price is going to drop if you're going to lose money. Right. And so um, the top 10% of Americans who are the wealthiest Americans own 81%. The bottom 60%, all, us, all, 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 all those that make 66% and 60%, uh, uh, excuse me, all those that make 40000 and less, which is the bottom 60, own 2.5% of the stock market. Y'all don't invest in the stock market. Basically nothing. You know what I'm saying? Y'all do like Scott trade. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 baby investing. You know what I'm saying? Um, 18 members of the Federal Reserve Board of Governors were found to have serious conflicts of interest 
during the financial crisis by a congressional audit. Mm. So what that means is that they had conflicts of interest, meaning that um, either they they were making money. Uh, some people were probably making money off of losses. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So they actually encouraged losses right. to make money. Mm-hmm. Some people had different organizations that um, uh, maybe they were set up to take advantage of the loss. So for instance, um, let's say, uh, you know, what kind of business will be big in a recession? Well, whatever business is big in a the recession, they, you know, these members of this board of governors, because remember the Federal Reserve is a private company. Right. It's not, it, it, it's, it's huge. It's so it feels like a government company, but it's a private company. They had things that, that conflicted interest. You know what I'm saying? Almost like me running a nonprofit, um, you know what I'm saying, that helps feed kids. And then I run a for-profit food company. Conflict of interest. 90% of conc... This- <laughs> 90% of Congress's increase in wealth since 2008 benefited the 50th, 50 richest members. In the heart of the recession in 2008, Congress made an additional $2.5 billion. No, two point, is it, no, I'm sorry. I can't get that number, but I know it was above $2 million. No, no, it, yeah, it was $2.5 billion. Um, that Congress, leaders in Congress, while they're talking about the recession and so on and so forth, they're basically getting pay raises, mm-hmm. 90% of them. And it, ben- and it benefited the, f- the 50th richest members. People are dying, getting laid off. And you would think that those that have the most wealth would, um, maybe they would cut back. You know right. what I'm saying? Maybe they would, uh, you know, you have so much money, you have all your needs, you have all your wants. On top of that, all you-, you just got money. You know what I'm saying? I mean, after wants, it's just money. Right. It's nothing you know else. what I'm saying? And what they did was they continued to keep the foot in the gas and suck people dry. All right. Hell and weights. That's <laughs> hell of the handbasket. So Occupy Wall Street is about ending corporate greed. Um, and I want to give you two case studies. Take a quick break. The Lehman Brothers case study. All right. And this is pretty much what we're talking about today. We're talking about greed. All right. Corporate greed and why is greed so powerful? Um, here's how the scheme worked. Homeowners signed mortgages with a loan company. All right. This is Lehman Brothers. Lehman bought those mortgages and bundled them into tranches, which they then sold to investors. So what's, what's crazy is in investments, you can sell interests right. on something. Mm-hmm. You don't actually have to sell an actual thing that you can hold with your hand. Right. See, when you, when, when, you, when you get a house, you can touch the house and you pay money for the mortgage. You know what I'm saying? Then that mortgage is taken and bundled and bet on whether that person is going to pay the mortgage or not. So you're betting on the interest, you're, not, not interest as in money interest, but, but, but you're betting, you're actually betting on, um, uh, uh, how, how can I say this? Uh, I, I, you know what? I, I have something that, 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 uh, that lines it up. Um, but they bought the mortgage, they bundled the tranches, but they sold to investors. So investors can, can buy into um, these mortgages. You know what I'm saying? Not the houses, but they're buying, they're buying into the mortgage, the idea. That's what it is. You can buy an idea. You know what I'm saying? You can, buy, you can buy an interest. Um, often large pension funds and other financial institutions. The system was set up to the assure the owners of mortgage-backed securities. So they're securities that are funded by mortgages. You know what I'm saying? So, like, um, if I started a business, I was going to buy a pizza shop, I can put my house up for collateral. Right. That, that if I lose the, uh, the pizza shop in, in order to pay for it, they would take my house. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well... They had securities, let's say a fireman's pension fund that was set up that after 20 years would pay a fireman for the rest of his life. That was backed, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Just like the bank has the FDIC, Mm -hmm. somebody steals your money out, we're going to replace up to, I think, $100,000 or a million dollars, something like that. Well, hey, if something ever goes wrong with this pension, we have this mortgage money. The problem is what happens when that 
when, when the mortgages are strong, the money's coming in, it's backed, and the pensions are fine. But what happens when the nobody's paying the mortgages? Mm. And when the pensions can't be paid? Pensions can't be paid. Also good. Let's go to the mortgage pot. Hold up. Mortgage ain't being paid. Ain't no money there. Mm. So we can't pay them. Um, they're not paying us. These people can't keep their house. And that's what happened. So it says, since everyone at the top was paid for how many mortgage-backed securities they put out each year, they had every incentive to look the other way and overstate the quality of the loans they were making. Mm. So the problem, so, so the, the subprime mortgage market grew from $40 billion in 1994 to $600 billion in 2005. Wow. On the plus side, the securities offered rich and institutional investors a steady rate of return. This was true, of course, only if the mortgages were solid. Which most of them weren't. Because they, they were subprime. they weren't going in. Oh. Uh, and because basically what they were doing was, and I actually had one of these mortgages, you know what I'm saying? But I, I but I paid for it. They had these mortgages called no income verification mortgages, mm -hmm. where you can get a mortgage without verifying your income. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I got a couple of things, loans and stuff like that with no income verification. That's what they were doing back in the day. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They were giving mortgages and stuff to people that they that they knew couldn't afford it. You know what I'm saying? Now, luckily, I, I I didn't know income verification because I was a LLC. I didn't have a traditional job. You know what I'm saying? I was traveling, touring, and selling CDs and so on and so forth, making my money that way. Didn't have a traditional job. And so it's hard to show a pay stub. I didn't have a W-2. You know right. what I'm saying? And so that's why I did the no-income verification. Um, but there were people that was doing that because they ain't had the money. They worked at McDonald's. They were buying $300,000 houses. Ugh. All right? The demise of Lehman Brothers led predictably to a series of gaze, gauzy images. All right? Employees carting off their stuff. People mourning sentimentally about the company that was nonprofits bemoaning the demise of a major sugar daddy. Uh, uh, huh? Insisting that his tenure, a uh, uh, fueled insisting that his tenure had been successful and fumeling about the failure of government to bail him out. So basically, basically, people were mad. Imagine you being a nonprofit. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead, hop on in, man. Imagine you being a nonprofit and imagine your nonprofit is getting a steady uh, amount of money from um, uh, uh, Lehman Brothers. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, they crash. And you get nothing. And you some and nonprofit survival for that, all right? right? Let me give you one more. We'll go to break. Goldman, Goldman Sachs case study. This one was even worse, okay? Talking about corporate greed. Talking about greed and why is greed so powerful? I got power Wall Street. We, and we, uh, we welcome uh, Cook Dog is in the yeah. house. You know what I'm saying? He is, uh, he is here. Um, here's how Goldman Sachs crashed, all right? First of all, they sold mortgage-related securities. Now, remember, securities are... Uh, uh, you know, you know things that that back uh, things that can be traded on on the stock market, and they use the back pension funds, they use the back nonprofits, they use the back. Um, oh, man, I just had a brain freeze. Um, but they use the back uh, uh, insurance companies, mm -hmm. so on and so forth, right? So they sell mortgage-related securities that are absolute junk to trusting clients at vastly overrated prices. Mm -hmm. So they say, here we got these mortgages. They know people ain't paying the mortgages, right. but we're gonna sell we're gonna sell this bundle of mortgages to you. You can use this pot to back your pension fund, your, your company, or whatever, and we'll sell this to you at an overflated price. Then, here's the evil part. They bet against those same mortgage securities mm -hmm. and made massive bets against the U.S. housing market so that your firm will make massive profits when the U.S. economy collapses. Mm. Wow. So basically what they did was, here, we sell you mortgage securities, right? And, and you're putting money into the mortgage security because you're saying, okay, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this fund. It's going to back my pension or whatever, right? And, and you're investing in the stock. Then they go over here, and the stock is all just betting and gambling. They go into, over here in the stock market, and they say, because you can bet anything in the stocks. Right. Mm -hmm. Just like playoffs, you can bet, you can bet if Kobe Bryant's going to take 20 jumpers or 21 jumpers. Yeah. You can bet if they're going to win by three or win. Or, you can bet anything. anything. So in the stock market, they would bet that those mortgages that they just sold are going to collapse. 
Well, and they knew they were going to collapse because they, they were no good mortgages. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and, and what they were called, they were called uh, CDOs. You know what I'm saying? They were called, um, uh, 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 where is it? Syn- synthetic collateralized debt obligations. Now, now here's, a, here's a funny word about it. The funny word is synthetic, Fake. right? Fake. <laughs> and then collateralized, put together, Whatever. debt obligations. Mm-hmm. That's what they sold, CDOs. And they bet against the CDOs. So when the CDOs failed, they made money. Yep. If the CDOs succeeded, they would lose money. Right. But it didn't matter because if, if the CDOs succeeded, they would lose money here, but they would make money from the CDOs. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So they was, it was a win-win situation. It was a win-win situation. Um, uh, they would have ex-Goldman executives in key positions of power in the U.S. government so the bailout money can be funneled to entities such as AIG that Goldman had made these bets with so they can get paid after they win the bets. All right, so then they had companies like AIG that were backed by some of these companies. I mean, it, I mean, it was a it was a problem. Did anybody scheme. go to jail? Everybody. Nobody. Nobody went to jail. Nobody. <laughs> then they would collect the profits. Goldman Sachs is having their most successful year and will end up reporting approximately $50 billion in revenue for 2009. Mm, 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 mm. Goldman was not the only firm that peddled these complex securities, CDOs, and then made financial bets against them, calling, calling, uh, calls selling short in Wall Street parlance. Others that created similar securities and then and then bet they would fail, according to Wall Street traders, was Deutsche Bank and Morgan Stanley, as well as, well as smaller firms like Tricadia Inc. This is what we're talking about. Greed. You know what I'm saying? Greed is running rampant. And where making $300 billion is not enough, I got to make $400 billion. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's, that's greed. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. We're going to take a quick break and come back to Sean Cook and True on the Ham Sandwich Show. Like Larry King's forehead. I drop dimes to grab hold. I see forceps. Still, you not an up and down. Kinda like a horse head. And so, of course, it's the 5 2 on the mic. Banging all up on the drum like it's Meg White. You can get yoked up. Ran out like an egg white. Frozen like a deer or a dog in my headlights. <laughs> he fixed his lyrics, man. Jump fell right down. Alright. Right, yeah, I'm going back in. Hey yo, so when I said life, understand I said Christ. You understand just everything that I said right. You understand the very reason why you bled right. You quoting from a Bible that you ain't never read right. You can get right or get the bums rush. I'ma toss your lines out just like a disgust. Cause you disgust every time you disgust. So jump flips up, watch them lips zips up. Get it? Disgust? This? Yeah, yeah, I ain't never hear what I'm saying. All right. Let's post the lyrics up, maybe you'll get it later. Yo. Hey yo, it's a five tweezy, the CDs on repeat. When I'm speaking freely on Jesus, cause he be here to suit you up now. Kinda like a three-piece. Got a bigger buzz around him just than a queen bee. You talking greasy, whining like CC. He'll improve your whole environment just like it's Greenpeace. To any place you lead me, that's just where we be. Incredible hoking on the beat, call me Greenpeace. Get it? Ah, probably not. Alright. Put this other lyric up there, maybe you get this one. Yo, hey yo, I go to war fast, warring on my war path. Why you role playing like your life is World of Warcraft? You try to hold cash, knowing that you're gonna crash. Roll past, roll fast, thinking that you're gonna last. Man, it's so sad, but I steady traveled on. I'll battle hard from Babylon, but I'm battle scored. Until it's time to mount up and stick a saddle on. He can try.
controls my every move like the dude in Avatar. You look confused on who's the one I'm bragging on. I'm walking slow like I only got some sandals on. I'm praying for those who never understand the song. Hoping they can come to the sun and stand strong like.
The Wonder Ham Sandwich Show. Sean Cooking True. Yes, sir. We're back. Trying to figure out, um, you know, Agapow Wall Street going on. People, people taking us to the streets. And like I said, I'm very proud of proud of y'all Americans. You know what I'm saying? Because I thought we were too lazy and yeah. fat and slow. Yeah. And, and to, to, to get up off our couch and make a difference. You know what I'm saying? We too stuck to our TiVos and Netflix to get up and do something. Woo. You know what I'm saying? And we actually are going out there. They got tents out there. I know they try, they pushing them on Wall Street. Yeah. But dudes is putting up tents. Well, what they 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 um, arrested hundred people today because they said that they can they can occupy Wall Street, but they cannot put those tents up. So they arrested people, tore their tents down, and pressure washed the streets. <laughs> so they can come out there every day, but they can't put tents out there. I saw a stat that the said protesters. Yeah. yeah. But when they was interviewing them, they like they didn't know why they was out there. Some of them like uh uh. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, you gonna have slow ones. Yeah. And, and they I, interviewed the wrong people. They interviewed the wrong people. Remember, remember this: they're fighting corporate greed. Right. What is television? A corporation. Exactly. Yeah. Remember, Rupert Murdoch owns 22 television stations. Right. They gotta make them look stupid. You know what I'm saying? Disney and all that type. They so they probably interview some smart ones and then put them up there. Of course. What happens when they interview black people? Yes, sir. You already know what's going what on. They, when they interview black people, you are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. They, that, that gets on TV. They get the slowest ones. Yes, sir. Why are you up? Why are you out here walking? Uh, 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 I, I was up there eating Cheetos. They don't even know why they walk. And I, I, I thought I should. I thought I saw Craig. Back to you, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we looks bad. <laughs> looks real bad. Oh, oh, oh. I said work. Oh, SpongeBob pants on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, a oh, ripped shirt. You know what I'm saying? Do rag on. Exactly. And so, so. So, what fuels greed? You know what I'm saying? What is the fuel for greed? Well, check this out. The definition of greed is an extreme or excessive desire for resources. Especially for property such as money, real estate, or other symbols of wealth. Okay, mm, mm, mm. let me say that again. Bad again. The definition of greed is an extreme or excessive desire for resources, especially property such as money, real estate, or other symbols of wealth. Now I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this, and, and I took this from. Um, where did I take this from? It may have been the AMA or, um, but this this is this is an official um, organization that actually wrote this joint. Okay. It said America has an economic system set up to create the kind of mess we've seen. It says a social psychologist. I got this from a I got this from a, 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 a the American Psychological Association. Right. It says our form of capitalism encourages materialistic values. And the research shows that people high on materialism are most likely to engage in unethical business behaviors and manipulate people for their own purposes. Mm. All right, this is a, this is a, a psychological <clears throat> uh, 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 a joint. In fact, American corporate capitalism, the highly competitive economic system embraced by the United States, as well as England, Australia, and Canada, encourages materialism more than any other form of capitalism. All right, and he said the people. Um, he compared the people's values held by people in countries with more competitive form of capitalism because they're different forms of capitalism. Mm -hmm. 
with the values of folks in countries that have more cooperative style of capitalism. All right. We have competitive, but there's a more cooperative style of capitalism, including Austria, Germany, and Norway. These countries rely more on strategic cooperation amongst the various players in the economy and society to solve the economic problems, such as unemployment, labor, trade issues, rather than relying mostly on the free market competition, competition as, as U.S. does. As expected, citizens who live in a more competitive free market system, listen to this, this is us, citizens who live in a more competitive free market system cared more about money, power, and achievement than people who live under a cooperative system. Research also supports the notion that more people care about money and power the more people care about money and power, the less they care about community and relationships. Y'all getting sun right now. Y'all getting that, y'all getting, y'all getting that, that lang wang. All right. Now, um, a study by Kasser, University of, of, of Victoria psychologist Fred Guzer, PhD, and colleagues, Guzit. Uh, he asked 15 students in countries about he asked students in 15 countries about the goals they value the most, including community feeling, financial success, and physical wealth. They found that they could chart those values onto a pie, a pie with some values. Money versus community relationship, for example, and direct competition with each other. And it basically says, Castor says, what he found was basically, of course, we care about community and money. But as money becomes more important, the bigger it's the slice of the pie, the desire to help other people tends to become less important. This is where we are, people. You know what I'm saying? Crazy, crazy. You know what I'm saying? You want to talk about you want to talk about corporate corporate greed, right? You want to talk about um, you know those who are rich and why Jesus has more Bible verses about money than anything else. Yeah. Why Jesus talks about um, the rich guarding their hearts? Not it's not because Jesus don't want you to be rich. That's not what it is. It's because Jesus realized that the more important money became to you, the more uh, uh, the less relationships and community became to you. Right. That's right. Everything else goes, goes to the back burner. So for instance, you have a company that produces uh, a sneaker. And the byproduct of a, of the sneaker is this wastewater that goes into the ocean. Mm -hmm. What that company will say is the company in the, in the competitive side will say, well, it's not our goal to clean that up. It's not our goal to take care of that. Uh, we'll let somebody else think about that. You know what I'm saying? That filthy water is filtered down to poor people. Yep. I was watching a, a, a joint called The Corporation today, which is a great business movie about the corporation, how it's become more powerful than the government, and how this organization filtered out this toxic water where a boy was, a boy was blind with no eyes. Um, frogs were growing three and four legs. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Well, no, five and six legs. Um, because of the toxic water, and the company was almost like, well, no, I mean, that's not our problem. That's your problem. A cooperative company realizes that there's a thing called, see, most organizations feel that they owe, and, and the government says, your number one priority is, your, uh, listen to this, the gov there's a law that says if you start a for-profit corporation, the law says your number of priorities to your stockholders, stockholders. to making money yep. for your stockholders. Yep. That's by law. Yep. If you don't do that, you know, it's like, it's like, Breaking the crown. Yeah. Right? By any means necessary, they're gonna make it. By any means, right? So so that, that that's number one thing. But there's a value chain, meaning that everything that I do affects somebody else. Right. You know what I'm saying? When I make French fries and I throw out that oil, that oil goes somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's shipped to and it's affecting somebody. Right. So they're more so when McDonald's does something, 
McDonald's value chain is the people that buy the burgers, their health, you know what I'm saying? Um, the people that, you know, make the cups and make right. the so and so forth, the right. people that clean the place. Right. That's their value chain. They affect more people than just people that eat burgers. Right. That's why they went to, uh, that's why uh, Wendy's went to sea salt. It's more healthier. It's more healthier. And that's Mc- why Burger, I mean, McDonald's changed the oil they use. Yep. And stopped doing supersized right. cups. Yep. Them, them big right. cups after yep. supersized meat. Yep. They actually, in the kids' meals, they actually put in fruit. Down. Fruit, uh, apples. You want apples yeah, or fries? Look what you got to go through to get these companies to do that. They, they got to go on the brink of being sued right. and, yeah. and, 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 and being put in movies and stuff to make right. things happen. Right, yep. exactly. Yeah. You can put documentaries in the back. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. So look, let, let's take a quick break, and uh, we're going to try to come up with the cure for greed. <laughs> All right. Sean, Cook True. Be back. What's good, Ham Family Show? Why do I keep doing that? Sin is the marring of shalom. It's the vandalizing of shalom. It's the attacking of shalom. It's the marring of shalom. It's war on shalom. Jesus comes as the prince of what? Shalom. The Bible uses a constellation of images to talk about sin as rebellion, folly, self-abuse, madness, treason, death, hatred, spiritual adultery, missing the mark, wandering from the path, idolatry, insanity, irrationality, pride, selfishness, blindness, deafness, a hard heart, a stiff neck, delusion, unreasonableness, and self-worship. The Bible uses multiple words and images to describe sin. Let me define it for you. If you don't have a functional definition of sin, when you hear that Jesus died for sin, it won't mean anything to you. Sin is omission and commission. Omission is not doing what you're supposed to. Commission is doing what you're not supposed to. Was lethal. Shape hat and zoning. Thoughts went to roaming. Keep it Christ like you know how we do. Get up in her cabinet to see what she knew. I told her I was Christian. She said, Me too. Then broke down some scriptures in Greek and Hebrew. You still in church? She told me no. They left my broken heart torn and feeble. Spreading lies. Now you know that's evil. I apologize for them, but that's not me though. She said, Cool, but that's all she wrote. Now I'd like to hit the club and occasionally smoke. Don't you come with me, let's go paint the city like Bonnie and Clyde. Nah, no, girl, I can't ride. You like to party and move your body. There's no denying you're very sexy. Hey, join ya, I need to warn ya. This type of life ain't for me. But you make a style, don't get me wrong. But my life has changed, I've been reborn. I'm not the man I used to be. This life is not for me. It's not like I don't understand your feelings, but understand my stance. Without a doubt, mind you, real appealing. But I walk by faith and not by fear. Remind myself, demind myself. Keep my eyes above your shoulders before I blind myself. And what you got to prove, you a dime already. You don't need them tight skirts, girl, you mind already. Staying up late night and your eyes all heavy. And I 
nodding off to sleep at my Bible studies. So I'ma back up until I find you ready. Cause the freaks come out at night. And the freaks, but I like. You heard Corey Red's party ride. Plus you told me you was godly, right? What it is, make the call, choose life, not at all. Top it off, we all fall yeah, one day, yeah. right? Juvenile delinquent, 
Against the grain, we walk distinct Off the chain, we on the brink of greatness Turn around and we thank his greatness The Chris Bruce Willie can't shake us I really, he can't break us Not my faces, three different races On the same race and we racing to chasing We've been through it, been doing it for years Been through it, close to ruins, crew is still here, yeah and we keeping it moving. Go ahead and sue me for keeping it groovy. Oops, but your haters can't move me. Soldiers always win in the action movies. Thunder! 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 Thundercats! Back on the bleasy. I got a question to ask y'all. What's up? Do, do you remember when, when 50 Cent came out with them um, earphones? Uh, and, and he and he tweeted his two point some million people to buy them to and, buy the stock, and the stock short went up, sale and they, they thirty something million. He took it up. He played the stock market. He played. Them. Is that kind of illegal? Then Martha Stewart, but, how, but they say it's kind of, but it's not illegal. But Martha Stewart did the same thing. No, no, well, well, Martha Stewart had Martha Stewart had inside information. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So Martha Stewart had information before the public got the information. You know what I'm saying? What 50 Cent did was he used his the, 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 well the information was already out there like 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 the company had released the right. information and, and basically what Martha Stewart did was Martha Stewart was like like oh this company is about to drop right let me go ahead and you know pull out or oh, it's about to make money right. and the public ain't know right what 50 Cent did was they made a they made a public stock offering these it wasn't headphones it was no it was headphones. the headphones because he wore them on the on the show it was headphones and it dropped and he and, tweeted and, and, out and the day it dropped. It's just like it's just like me tweeting you and yeah, saying, yeah. "Hey, yo, headphones drop, go yeah, buy them." Right. Oh, but but the power that he had was, he had "Hey, yo, them. headphones, headphones drop. You know, these are my joints. You know what I'm saying? And it's they they, they, they burn some they burning hot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The, the stock about to about to fly up. Right. But they had already dropped. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, um, they went up. He sold and pulled his money out. And he, and, and, I mean, thirty million in one day. I, w- I wish I could say the N word. I wish I could say it because. <laughs> In one day, man, son, the dude hustled the the, the the stock market like he was selling crack. Yeah. But hey, and they interviewed him. He's up there with a shirt and tie, tuxedo, with the headphones, and then they asked him about the headphones. That free advertisement because he had All it. Like, day. He had a cockpit. Yeah. Well, what's those on your ears? Oh, these are new. Blah blah blah. He he hustled them like he sure like did. he was selling crack. And you know why? Because there's, there's there's many more hustles on the stock market than him. Yeah, he ain't the first one. And he knew, and he said, "I'm gonna get these jokers." You know what I'm saying? He just did a, did it the, the Nike way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He also that joke like a Nike. You know, you know, you know, the, 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 you know, the, 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 uh, what they call it? the golf balls. Yes, sir. Yep, they do. They do. They do on the slot. Yes, sir. Quiet, hush, hush. Yes, sir. Walk in, smiling. Yes, sir, we did not know. No, we did not know. We didn't. We didn't know. You know what I'm saying? We were not telling anything. So, the cure for greed. Mm. I, uh, again, I was watching the movie called The Corporation. And you need to go watch it. It's on Netflix. You can watch it. You don't have to. You don't have to. Uh, you know, rent it. And um, check this out. This is the interesting thing about the corporation. This is why greed is here. When they came together and formed the corporation, the corporation is called a legal entity. Okay? What is an entity? An entity is a person. Mm-hmm. So when you form a corporation, you have five people that come together and they form a corporation. They're literally forming a person. And that person can, can, um, can invest, can buy stuff, can make money, can lose money. 
and can be sued. And the reason you make a corporation is so that you can't personally be liable for, that's why these guys um, will make $19 billion. Their, their corporation will go down. Everybody lose their pension. Everybody lose their, sa their life savings. Everybody lose everything. And none of their money goes out because what they'll say is the corporation lost the money. Right. We work for the corporation. We work for the entity. And the movie the, the, the movie said the problem is is that the corporation, this person, is unlike any of us. See, we're people that we have feelings, emotions, moral, and ethics. And it said this person that's been created, this, this legal entity, this person, is a person that is heartless and cares only about profits. That is, that is how these guys justify them making money. They work for the corporation. So Phil Knight formed Nike. Nike is actually a... That's what I'm saying. Nike, Nike is actually considered by the government a person. Mm -hmm. Nike's actually considered a person named Nike. You know what I'm saying? And the only thing is his attributes, unlike Phil Knight, this is why they say a lot of um these guys who are uh, um, you know, you know, stealing all this money and doing, doing horrible, unethical stuff are the nicest, most kindest people ever is because even though they're the ones you know, you know, that, that basically created the robot mm -hmm. and they programmed the robot, when the robot starts doing unethical things, they say, it's not me, it's the yeah. robot. Yeah. It's not me, it's the company. The company the company charter says that they got to pay me $100 million. What can I do? Yeah, what can I say? You know what I'm saying? That's what that's how the company is. But then when you sue the company, you sue um, that entity. You sue that you, you sue the legal entity. So I'm not held. I, I still got my $19 billion in the bank. I'm not held, held responsible that's for that. That's right. That's right. But this type of person they've created is heartless and cares only about the profits. Um, not only that... This type of person is also idealistic. And so when you look at General Mills, uh, when you look at... Uh, 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 Johnson & Johnson. Johnson & Johnson. And particularly when you look at characters like Tony the Tiger. Mm -hmm. um, when you look at characters like um, the Tricks Bunny. Yeah. These are who the corporation is telling you the personality of that person is. Hey, we're General Mills. We're fun and happy and so on and so forth. As a matter of fact, Disney has literally formed a town that has 50,000 residents in it. And they're and, and people actually live in, no, no, 5,000 residents, I'm sorry. And they're actually trying to form the perfect town. To, 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 because, because what does Disney represent? What does the, the entity, the person Disney represent? Um, ideal, uh, 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 morals, and you know, when you think of Disney, you think of like Leave it to Beaver, you think of that neighborhood. You think of um, clean and family values. So they're literally trying to form a town based on Disney. Based on what that represents, because a business is not just um, something that sells uh, uh, items. A business is a person. Right. It has feelings. Like when you think about Apple, right. I mean, I've, I've gotten into fights over people or arguments with people over Apple versus Mac. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because it's almost like you're talking about two different people. Right. Well, no, it's a machine. Well, my Apple is smart, and it is da 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 da. And we're talking about the characteristics of Apple, like as a person. Right. Well, that's the that's what they want you to do. They want you to identify with their company like as a person, and they want you to relate to with their company like as a person, and then they want you to buy that product and think you're interacting with a person. Mm -hmm. The problem is this person is heartless and cares only about profits. They don't care if they're spilling waste. They don't care if they if they're paying. Um, uh, 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 back in the day, there was a there was a uh, what's her name, Kathy Lee, had a shirt that was being made, and the shirt cost uh, forty forty dollars. Well, it was being made by sweatshops overseas and the workers there were getting paid three cents a shirt yeah so we don't care about none of that 
That's that's what corporation says. We don't care how we affect people. We don't care how, you know how little we pay people. We don't we don't care who gets sick. Um, we don't care. You got people at the shipyard right now working for a big corporation um, that's around hazardous chemicals all day. Yep. Work at the at the bottom of the ship around nuclear stuff all day mm-hmm. and dangerous stuff. People dying all the time. Yep. But the corporation says profits, 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 profits. Do your job in a certain time. Night a, a, a Nike. Uh, uh, has sweatshops that it, that it works its um, workers out of. Now, it didn't have how many minutes each worker was supposed to complete a task. Let's say let's say a part of the sole, a part of the laces, the top piece. They were broken down in, in hundredth of a second. So, this should take a hundredth of a second, this should take a hundredth of a second, this should take a hundredth of a second. So, you should complete this shoe in, it was something ridiculous, like 13 minutes. You know what I'm saying? And they would get paid two cents. Shoes, and, that's, and, and that's why the business go overseas. Greed. They can't do it over here. Greed. They won't make no money. No, because people actually want to get paid. Yeah. Because the job is worth more than that. And that's what I'm, I hate to say it. That's why. That's what Obama trying to do. Bring the business back to America, and they bucking on them. They bucking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, y'all know. Um, they shot at the White House. I, I, I heard there was a story out there where they arrested a man. Somebody shot a bullet at the White House. Yeah. yeah. Well, they said Obama's not in danger. They said it was a shootout in the neighborhood. What shootout in the neighborhood of the White House? Well, 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 you know, D.C. It's, is hood. It's a, it's a bad neighborhood, but... But, but where the White House is at, it's, look, it cleans up. And look up. how far that exactly. White House is from the street. But exactly. I go, but I ain't going front. You know what I'm saying? It took it took long enough. I thought he was going to get shot out when he, when he got in Norgut. Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I ain't lying. I'm supposed to get my way, man. When he got swore in. When they say, when his hand went up, bam. When his hand went up. You know what I'm saying? I was looking for shots fired, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so, you know what I'm saying? We did pretty good. What's yeah. that? What's about three years? Yeah, he got one more. About 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 three and years. He might he might win it again. Three years, he got the first shots at him. He might win it again. I think it should it should be automatic two terms. Nah, I don't think so. The first term you you mess with the, the the other president done. It takes longer to fix the previous president's problems, dog. I I. I but the only problem with that is if you have a bad president, you got him for eight years. Right. Like you have. Well, we had homeboy for eight, and we and we and put him there. We voted him in. We put him there. We voted his old crusty stuff right you know on in. Here's how we cure the problem. Greed is selfishness. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Greed is a lack of concern for others. All right? Matthew 23, 34 to 40. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Let me stop right there. If you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, you ain't got enough. You ain't got time to love money. Exactly. Matter of fact, if you love God with your heart, soul, and mind, you're doing God's will with the money, mm-hmm. not your will. All right. You're shifting the love from the money to God. Mm-hmm. All right. And he says, this is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two. If you love your neighbor, and, and, and I love how Robbie Zacharias says, I love the way he says it. He says, your neighbor is who you're being neighborly to. That's who your neighbor is. Who are you being neighborly to? Who are you being friendly to? You know what I'm saying? For a corporation, their neighbor might be the, the bordering country. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Their neighbor might, might be the people, uh, 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 the guy from um, uh, Larry Ellison, uh, who owns uh, Virgin. Mm-hmm. Um he has he had sweatshops, um, and uh, you know um, what's the guy that does the documentaries all the time? Be cornering people. You know, I watch all those documentaries. Um, fat dude. 
You know what I'm saying? He cornered him, bought two plane tickets and said, let's go to one of your sweatshops in, in, in Indonesia. Bought two first class plane tickets on his own dime, so let's go. And, and he had nerves to say, no, 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 you know, I, you know I, I've actually never been there before. He, so, you don't, so you don't know who making your stuff? He owned a sweatshop that made a majority of his products never been there. Don't know the con- he don't want to be, he don't want to see the conditions. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? He don't, he don't, didn't even know his neighbor. You know what I'm saying? It was, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and well, I should say it was being, you know what I'm saying? Had a neighbor, but wasn't being neighborly to him. Mm. Now, if he cared about those people, he would have went down there, saw the conditions, right. and changed that whole thing. Right. Like Nike supposedly has done, where Phil Knight has went down, saw some of the sweatshops, and actually changed a lot of the policies, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, to benefit the workers. If we loved our neighbors as ourselves, we would not have corporate greed. Because at the end of the day, corporate greed is about me getting more money. Mm. And sometimes it's not just about money, it's about power right. and influence. Yep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And if we loved our neighbor, we would care. You know what I'm saying? I mean, how you make a $19 billion profit at the height of the recession, if that's not uh, if that's not making yourself a god, if that's not worshiping yourself, it is. you have no god to worship. You know what I'm saying? No, excuse me. You don't worship the real god externally. You worship you internally. And then you don't care about nobody but you. Yo, yeah, you selfish pocket. human being. You're you. in your pocket. That's why. That's why I like Canon, dog. Oh, the, the company. Canon. Uh, Canon, the the, the, the camera. Yeah. Company. And, and they're based out, and, and one of the, I guess, one of their bases is here. In, in the yeah. Nintendo. And then they got it, and then they got it over where they live at. Oh, what's up with Canon? I mean, they pay their people. Cause they should. As if, they should. That's why I say, if you pay your people the way they supposed to be paid, you are gonna get a good product. Take care of your people. But 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 here's here's the reality. Take you care of your people. I read a stat in, in, earlier, and the stat said that um. 66% of Americans make $40,000 or less. Mm-hmm. Think about that. That's six out of every 10 Americans. Six point, that, I mean, that's a pretty large number. 0.05 Americans make $1 million or more. That's not half a percent. That's a hundredth of a percent. Yeah. Okay? Make more than $1 million. Why is that? Because in America, unfortunately, some of these practices are necessary to make that obscene amount of money. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping it real with you. Right. See, some people are not happy making just $10 million. Right. They got to squeeze the life out of people, the planet, resources, the environment, money. the country, the government, you know what I'm saying, so that they can make $50 million. They pay people to research how to backdoor the government. All day long. All, 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 I mean, they call lobbyists. If you, if you talk to Donald Trump, why think he went bankruptcy a thousand times? Yeah. And make money off of bankruptcy. These dudes are smart. They're smart. You know what I'm saying? They're smart and they're greedy. Yeah. Highly, highly intelligent. Very, very smart. But they use their intelligence and they're smart for wicked and evil. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, at the end of the day, rich being rich is not evil. Having money is not evil. Mm-hmm. And rich people are not evil. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But do realize that, like Jesus says, money, which has the spirit of mammon, mm-hmm. money does have a spirit behind it. And when you uh, when you acquire a lot of money, for some reason, it changes you. It's, it's start, if you're not careful, yep. you know what I'm saying. Your worship of God becomes the money. Can be shifted to the worship of money, and once you get to the worship and the, and the love of money, it's over. It's over. You would do anything. You do anything to get that money, which means destroying relationships yep. and community. And people, you end up you'll pay people to murder somebody for you just to get their money. Oh, so, we think drug dealers do. It's happened all, all day long. Shoot, football players have done football it. Football players to keep their money. Yeah, hiring somebody to kill their baby mama. Yeah, 
I mean, I mean, that's what money. That's what money can do. Yes, sir. If you worship it, that's right. You know what I mean, so that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? www.thehamsandwichshow.com. You can check us out. Uh, Facebook, Ham Sandwich Show. Twitter, Ham Sandwich Show. You can check us out. Um, and or, uh, support the Ham Sandwich Show, man. Go to the website. Donate some money. Um, you know what I'm saying? Donate five bucks. Yeah. Just right now. Go to Ham Sandwich Show. Donate five bucks. It just helps. That's right. You know what I'm saying? It really helps with the cost and... and and the things that we want to do with the Ham Sandwich Show in the future. We do this for free, for nothing, for nada. For nada. You know what I'm saying? The production and, and everything that, that's involved in putting the show together, the time and uh, and the research and all the stuff that's, 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 that's put, we do it. We don't do it for free because it costs something. Right. You know what I'm saying? So uh, help us pay for that cost. Be selfless, y'all. Be selfless. Go to thehamsandwichshow.com and show your appreciation by donating $5. Just you know what I'm saying? Just $5. Dollars. If, you, if, if you could do more than that, that's, that's, that's a latte a day. <laughs> <laughs> the latte a day. You know what I'm saying? Or you could do, or if you, you want to do more than that, 100, 300, you know what I'm saying, a yeah. million. And for some of y'all who smoke, they cut down your pack of cigarettes you buying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so cut down from five packs, go to four packs. Some of y'all who drink, keep you out your ABC store. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Go to four packs, wear a patch for the, for the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm about the um, um, Guinness Stout. How they, uh, not, 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 no, the gin. Mm. It's some gin, and they're, they're trying to get it in, um, the, in the hood, so they offer in the, um, the gin with a do rag in the box. You got, you liar. <laughs> what? You liar. You liar. Seagram's, yeah, Seagram's. You Seagram's gin. Stop lying. That's the most See, offensive thing I've ever heard in my life. Exactly. I gotta egg Google bag. that. That's ridiculous. Google it, Google yeah. it. I saw it today. That's ridiculous. Gin with a do rag? Yeah, and it has a, it has a, it might Seagram's well, gin, and then it has a little box on top and it says do rag inside. That's messed up. They might as well have a, a wave a wave brush and grease. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. A wave kit. Swag pack. You yes, might want to change for for <laughs> gin for <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Gin. <laughs> that's what you basically that's what you saying. Take the sweet Seagram's off. Seagram's Seagram gin. That was so disgusting. For 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 Yeah, you might want to put you know what I'm saying in addition. Yeah. 40 with black and mild. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Billy Black. Swish or sweet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Seagram's gin. I would be surprised somebody come up with that gin. No, I wouldn't be surprised they with a chicken flavor black and mild. I'm serious. They already got <laughs> strawberry in all them colors. All that kind. Barbecue chicken. A barbecue chicken flavor. Black and mild. Oh, my Lord. We got to get out of here. They're going too far. They're really going too far. We got, it's, it's, it's the kid, y'all. It's your boy, Shane Nick, a.k.a. Cook Dog. A.K.A. the drummer Beast Boy, you heard me. And I'm True Asia, and the quote of the day is, a round of applause for those who are participating in the Occupy Wall Street around the world. Yep. Keep the faith, faith, and trust that hell has three gates, lust, anger, and greed. Shando. Shando. Shando Lama. And we appreciate y'all listening to What in the Ham Sandwich Base. Today's mixes were provided by DJ Cool Waters. Guys, send all your music to stephenwaters at gmail.com. All right. Stephen Waters. That don't sound right. I think it's stephenwaters82 at gmail.com. Either stephenwaters or stephenwaters82 at gmail.com. I think I just erased it by mistake. Um, and for his Twitter, it's at DJ Cool Waters. That's at DJ Cool Waters. He's providing some incredible mixes. We need drops for the Ham Sandwich Show. We need drops with DJ Cool Waters. So hit him up with those drops. Um, mix at one, song one, Triple E featuring Lecrae, Twisted. Song two, Future, I'm back. Song three, Kenton Jones, Already Gone, 
remix. Mix at two, song one, KG52, six foot, seven foot freestyle. Song two, script, Hollow Eve. Song three, J. Uh, Victory, song four, Moth, four, Mo Beats, electric. And mix number three, number one was Mark Driscoll, killer. Number two, Todd Bangs, not for me. Number three, Triple E's Snitch, instrumental. Number four, DJ Moore featuring the frontliners, can't break us out.